The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people who you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you gave me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. The Gospel of our Lord. So, messages for day. This last week I was remembering a voice. I had listened to this sweet voice. It was a voice of a, probably about, I think it was a seventh grader. He was wearing an acolyte robe. He was a young man. And, uh, he had a good voice. It hadn't started that whole breakup thing that happens around those ages. It was still in that earlier voice. And he was singing one of his favorite Christian songs. The song actually um, was by Jeremy Camp, and his name of the song is Jesus Saves. And he knew the words, and he was singing. He didn't notice me. I think he was, at that point, he was out still out by a car. Maybe I think he had some headphones on, and he was just waiting outside and I went outside to get something, and there he was, headphones, and he was singing. And uh, it was beautiful. His voice, it wasn't completely in pitch, but it was strong. His face was demonstrating emotions as if the words were his own, demonstrating like he knew this song, and they were coming from his heart. His hands were moving, his body was kind of moving, as if it was just inspired from within him, as he was the one who created this song. And I tell you that this, this teenager's song, it was beautiful to witness. It absolutely was. It was like watching a shower song, just singing. And that child in that moment, it was beautiful to witness. Now later that morning, that very same song, the very same artist, it was heard again. This time it was heard by many in a room, not much unlike this. And it was filled with Christians, adults and children, much like this. But there was one noticeable difference. 
When it came time for everyone to sing the song, and the volume was fairly loud, when it came time for everyone to sing together, this time, this beautiful young teenager, he sat motionless and mostly quiet. This young person sat as if the song had never been heard before. This person sat and acted like the song made no difference at all. I tapped on the young guy's shoulder and I said, this is a good song. I said, why aren't you singing it like you were singing it before? You sang so nice. The child, embarrassed, uncomfortable that his pastor stabbed him on the shoulder and asked him these questions, he whispered, no way, not here, not now. I was remembering that day, those words and that child. And I thought, why is it that a a child of God that is gifted with the desire to sing, why is it that a child with a voice to sing would only sing when no one else notices? What has happened in the life of this child to make the child avoid this God-given desire to sing? Who has injured? Who has ridiculed? Who has intimidated? And in so doing, robbed the world of the child's song. That event and that child came to mind as I was thinking about this week's Bible lessons. What is happening in the life of uh, this community that St. Peter is writing his letter to, this early church? What's going on in their world? Why does Peter need to remind them so clearly and so powerfully about who their God is and who they are and what they've received as the gifts from God? Why does Peter need to write such encouraging words and this strong letter to his friends? In addition to that, why would Jesus need to pray that his heavenly Father, in his prayers for us, his heavenly Father would keep us Another way of saying that, he would protect us. Another way of saying that is that he would like draw us close. Why is Jesus praying that his Father would draw us close, that we would be one with him, as opposed to away from him? What does he want us to be protected from? Maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's a connection between an intimidated and conforming quiet child who wants to be left in some dark corner unnoticed and safe, saying no way, not here, and not now, to Christian adults then and maybe now. A connection between a child and adults who are experiencing a related pressure to remain silent and a related temptation to sit safely and unnoticed rather than singing our song of God faith. To that connection, today's Bible lesson, almost, they almost scream for us to do things. Potentially three things, and probably more if we're thinking about it, but three for sure. And they're actually connected to Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Tomorrow is the day that our nation remembers. There's a difference between Memorial Day, and I'm not always surprised that a lot of the world that doesn't have military service in their background, their family background, 
or haven't been reminded of this for a while, forget that Memorial Day is a day that we remember, but we just don't remember the living. Remember the dead. We remember those who gave their lives for their brothers, their sisters, who in their companies, in their platoons, in their armies, who gave their lives so that we would have freedom, that we would have the ability to gather just like we do today in comfort and in safety. We remember as a nation we remember. That's you're not unlike what we do on, on uh, Veterans Day. They're related. Because on Veterans Day, we don't remember the deceased. We remember the living. The one who, who had served and is still alive. The one who is currently serving. We do both as a country. We remember the living and remember those who gave their life. Both are giving life, but one gave it to the full. We remember. And we will not let sit in a corner and forget. We will boldly say what they have done. And we will do it with gratitude, with a sense of humility before them because they acted with courage on my behalf so that I could stand and pretend to be strong, right? Memorial Day, Veterans Day, and our gospel lessons linked. Because today, in our gospel lessons, we're told to remember. Peter is having people remember in the book of Acts. Here, having us remember. Jesus, in his prayer, is actually telling his people, remember, and today we remember. We remember who God is. We remember what God has done. We remember in whose love we rest now and we will rest for all eternity. We remember that and we will not let that go. We will remember every week. Maybe once a year we will have Memorial Day. Maybe once a year we'll have Veterans Day. But every week the church will gather on this little Easter and we will not forget what God has done and who we are. And another piece to this has to do with being bold. We are to radiate, radiate, get that, pushing out, radiate an energetic boldness. Boldness in God the Father Almighty. Well, let's take the phone call first. God's calling. For the rest of us, you might want to put your phones to stun. You know, take the, put them on mute. All right, so this boldness. Boldness that our God is the God of all creation, of heaven and earth. Boldness in this only Son of God who lived with us but is now seated at the right hand of the Father, who is in glory and power and who will come again in authority and power and establish a new heaven and a new earth. Boldness in this truth. But then the humility piece comes in there. And it's linked closely with gratitude. That with grateful confidence for all that God has done, that we humbly live and that we humbly move with God in this Holy Spirit and in His church, that we know with humility and gratitude that God is with us, that God is in us, that God is in front of us, He is behind us, He is above us, He's he's all around in any direction, below us, beside us. We remember Church, we will not forget. And with boldness and with humility, we are called to sing God's life song. Now, the child in the Bible lesson somehow combined with some other things I was able to discover. And and it's relevant, it's related, and has to do with Martin Luther. Now, it's pretty cool for a church is that this year is the 500-year anniversary 
for all the Lutherans that know these things, way to go. If you've forgotten, you just got reminded. October 31st, 500 years ago, Martin Luther tagged that 95 Thesis up on the door and started it all. We remember. We won't forget that. Now, thinking of the church whose boldness and stuff we remember, think about these words. He wrote some of these words. And, and as you listen to them, think about what were the powerful sources that could have been putting fear on him? What were the powerful things that could have been intimidating him in his day? What about guilt and judgment in the world that were presented to him in those days? And when you think about all that was kind of being focused on this one Augustinian Roman Catholic priest, when confronted by them, think about Luther's response. And here's his words. He said first, sin. If you want to condemn me, you will first have to condemn Christ, my dear Savior, with the Father. And death. If you want to devour me, you must begin on top with Christ my head. Devil and the world. If you want to torment me, if you want to frighten me, you must first pull the Father down from his throne. In brief, I will fear nothing. For Christ is mine with his suffering, with his death and his life. And the Holy Spirit with his comfort is mine. The Father himself with all of his grace is mine. How's that for knowing and remembering God's revealed truth? How's that for a bold, confident in God's truth? Not a quiet, little, intimidated teenager I hear. This man knows, and he will not back down. Now, he also had this to say, which is that contrast between the boldness and the remembering and that humility. The next words will have a related but different tone. Listen for the subtleties. He then writes... Remember that the Holy Spirit of God will come and will whisper consolingly to your heart, be of good cheer and unafraid. Go, preach, and do what you have been commanded to do. And do not fear the terrors of sin, death, or the devil. God does not want to be angry with you. Nor does he want to reject you. For Christ, God's son, died for you. He paid for your sins. His life and his consolation are stronger and mightier than death and hell. How's that for knowing the truth with boldness and humility? Luther said, go. Share the good news. Do what God has commanded you to do and do not fear. Martin Luther is a man with strong faith and he could say those words and he could live them. His message was not altered even if powerful governments are pressing, even if whole massive religious institutions are pressing, even if his close family or friends could betray him, even that he would be burned alive. He could do so because Jesus Christ was praying for him, that he was blessed with this Holy Spirit of God and he was taught the truth and the knowledge of God and that he and Jesus were one. And he sang his song of faith. But then we also have Peter in chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, verse 10. And Peter said this to his friends. He said, And after you have suffered a little while, 
the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, he will himself restore you, confirm you, strengthen, and establish you. St. Peter could write those words to his beloved fellow believers. He could live those words. And again, he could do so because Jesus was praying for him, because he was blessing him with the Holy Spirit, that he was one with Jesus, one with his Father, one with his community, and he could say those words. He could sing his faith song. But what about the children of God here in this world? Will we continue in God's truth, remembering with boldness and humility? Will the children of God know him and then stand one with him, even if their posture is in direct opposition to what governments say or national law say? Will the children of God know him and walk one with him? even if society is ridiculing them and using its power to have us conform to change to their direction and their pace? Will the children of God sing the song of God's love, life, even if the world rejects our song? Recently, I listened to a sweet voice, a child singing a favorite Christian song. Child didn't notice me, yet he sang. Didn't matter about the pitch. His face was demonstrating the emotions of the word. His heart was reflecting in his movement of his body. And I tell you, this song was beautiful. The child in that moment was beautiful. And I think that a free, joyful, passionate church is beautiful to witness too. I think Martin Luther, Luther is cheering us, this church, on. And he's saying to us, sing, church. Sing. Sing your God's song. Sing it so that the world can hear it and the world can see you singing. Not quiet in a corner, timid and unnoticed. And how you live and how you move and what you say your whole life consumed in a song. Sing, church. I think St. Peter is cheering us, his church, on. He's saying to us the same words, sing, church. Let the whole world know who your God is and whose child you are. Without fear, without intimidation, with gentleness and with love, sing. Jesus, our risen Lord, he is praying for us. He is. He's a promise keeper. And he said he's praying for him. He did it then. He's doing it now. And the Holy Spirit, it is drawing us closer and can empower us each day. So church, this day, this week, going forward, remember, we will not forget. We will gather every Sunday and we will remember. And then be bold. Be humble. Let your life song of God be heard and seen. Amen.